Okay. Let's open in prayer. Father God, thank you, uh, thank you for all your mercies to us. Thank you, Lord, that you provide provide for us everything we need. Um, and we pray, Lord, that as we look to your word, that you would open up your word to us, that your light would shine through your word, that you would, um, your Holy Spirit would be at work in our lives. And um, we pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified this morning, and that you bless the people here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so <clears throat> we're continuing in uh, in Second Corinthians, and I'm going to start reading in verse 15. Because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first, so that you might have a second experience of grace. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia, and to come back to you from Macedonia, and have you send me on my way to Judea. Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our Amen to God for His glory. It is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put His seal on us and given us His Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrained from coming again to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. For you stand firm in your faith. So, so what, what would it be like if you had a friend who, uh, who you kept making plans with and they kept not showing up? Like if, if one weekend you were planning on going out to eat, going to Denny's or something, and then they came up with an excuse they didn't go. And then you were thinking about going shopping together, going to like Ross or Walmart or something, and then they didn't show up. And the next weekend you planned on going and seeing a movie together, and they didn't show up again. We'd say that person's a flake, right? That person's being flaky. So that's, so that's part of like an accusation that was being made against Paul. A lot of what Paul's doing in 2 Corinthians is defending his ministry. Because he had planted the church in Corinth, he had started that church, but then there were other people coming in and criticizing him. And um, so one of the things they criticized him on is saying that, it, basically saying that he's, he's just a flake, he's being flaky. Because he actually had, had planned on making a trip there and he didn't. Um, but that wasn't because he was being flaky. But that's, that's, kind of, that's what he's being accused of. So, and, he, and, and then he... Um, <clears throat> went back later but so in our first first ver- in verse 15 here we see that he's telling them that he he wanted to come to them so they would have a second experience of grace so he since he had planted the church there and, and started the church there, that was that was their first experience of grace was coming to know about Jesus Christ coming to believe in Jesus Christ and he wanted to come and help them to continue to grow in their faith. Like, um, 
2 Thessalonians gives us a good description of what it looks like when Christians are growing, growing in the grace of God. It says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So that's what it looks like when the grace of God is working in our lives, that we're growing in our faith and we're growing in love. And that's the, the experience like the experience of God's grace in our lives that, that Paul wants for them. And hearing, hearing the word of God is one of the main ways that we experience the grace of God. And that was his desire for the, Corinthian, for the Corinthians. But then Paul had changed his plans. Like it says in... In verse 17, it says, Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this, when I wanted to come to Corinth? Do I make my plans according to the flesh? Ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time. So, that's the question. Was he just going back and forth and couldn't make up his mind? Like when I was a kid, we called it being wishy-washy. If you can't decide what you want, you go back and forth. Or was, So was that what's going on with Paul? Or was he even worse? Was he actually lying to them? He said he wanted to come and he really didn't want to come? No, that's, that's not what's going on. He, he, he asked, do I make my plans according to the flesh? And when Paul talks about the flesh, he often is talking about the kind of behavior that's natural to a person in their sinful state. It's natural to somebody apart from the grace of God. Um, in another part of the Bible, in Galatians, he describes... He describes the works of the flesh as fits of anger, dissensions, divisions. But that wasn't what was motivating Paul. That's not the kind of attitude that he had. And then he goes on to talk about why. And he says, As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus, Timothy, and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promise of for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our Amen to God for his glory. So it's because of who Jesus is, because of um, the promises of God that were fulfilled in Jesus, and what Jesus did for them, for the Corinthians, that that's why Paul is for them. Paul's always for them, even though he didn't go at this time. He's 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 always a yes to them. He's for them because of what Christ has done. And we're going to look at some of those promises. Like it says, that all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at a few of those promises. So first we're going to look at uh, in Matthew. And these are promises. So I'm reading from the New Testament, but this is about promises that were from the Old Testament. Now, now, when we heard, now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. So we see that that, that was 
the reason that Matthew gives us this text is to, is to it, well, part of it is to show that it was, it was a prophecy about that specific place, about the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. But it's also a promise that's for us, because just like they were a people dwelling in darkness, the whole world is in darkness apart from the work of God, apart from Jesus Christ. Our own lives are darkness apart from Christ. But when you come to church, when you read the Bible, when you hear the word preached, then a light is shining. Just like it says here, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And then here's another one. This is from Luke. Jesus says this prophecy is about him. So this is in Luke chapter 4. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. That is to Jesus. Jesus is in a synagogue. They give the scroll to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And of course that was fulfilled like that day, literally when Jesus said that. That day he was in that time, in that he was opening the eyes of the blind people. He was, um, he was freeing people from their physical infirmities. But the good, news, the good news is still for us also. Like it says, to proclaim good news to the poor. We have good news that we can be reconciled to God. We can be forgiven for our sins and freed from our slavery to sin. Like it says here, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And many people... Many of us are oppressed, but not, not, not necessarily physically in chains, but we're oppressed and we're in slavery to, to our sins. But Jesus came to set at liberty those who are oppressed so that we can, we can be reconciled to God and we can be delivered from the power of sin in our lives. And God promised how he was going to accomplish this reconciliation, how God was going to bring us peace with God. This, so this is from the Old Testament. This is also from the book of Isaiah. And it says in chapter 53, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So this was written, this, the book of Isaiah was written hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And it's like, like we're talking here about the promises of God find their yes in him. This is a promise of God that was fulfilled in, in what Jesus did for us when he, when he died on the cross.
Like it says there, it says that he was crushed. Jesus was crushed, not, not for his own iniquities, not for anything that he did wrong, but for our iniquities. And his chastisement or his punishment is what brought us peace. And like it says, all of us, like it says here, it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. All of us have gone, has, have gone away from following God. And, and you've gone away from following God. But the good news is, you, is that God offers for you to come to Christ, turn away from your sinful life and come to Him. Believe in what Christ has done, that He was crucified for your sins and rose again from the dead. And these promises that we've been talking about, these promises are for you. And then coming back to, uh, to our passage in 2 Corinthians, he mentions there at the end of verse 20, he mentions... That is, it, that is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Jesus told his disciples to pray in his name. And I think that's the same thing he's talking about here. That when we pray to God, we, we, pray, we, we expect that God will answer us, not for our own sake, not for anything good in us, but for Jesus' sake. That's why when we pray, we pray in his name. And we see here in... Uh, as we go on in 21 and 22, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And he has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So Paul's, one of the things Paul's saying here is, you know, them meeting each other, the relationship he has with the Corinthians, it didn't just come about like the way that uh, just come about through human decision making or through chance. You know, it's not just like, a, like getting a job, like someone puts an ad out. Okay, we have this job, and this is what you have to do, and you get paid this much money. And you think, okay, that sounds like a good deal, I'll do it. And, you know, it's just, just you making the decision of what you think is going to be best for you and for your family, and that's, that's fine. But what Paul's saying here is that when, when Paul came and preached the gospel to them, and when they believed the gospel, there was more going on than just that, than just a human interaction of, of people making decisions. I mean, Paul did come with a message, and it did sound good to them, and they chose to, to follow it. But there was more going on than that. It was actually God establishing them. Like it says here, <clears throat> it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. And that's how it is for all of us. When we, when we hear the gospel, when we believe the gospel, it's not just us making decisions or the, per, or the preacher you know, saying things right so it sounds good and we like it, but it's, it's actually God working behind, behind all of that. God is the one who's establishing us, who's chosen us, who brings us together in Christ. And then he talks about the Holy Spirit, who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And we know that that's part of what, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, that the Bible says, is it's like a guarantee or a down payment of our inheritance, that we have an inheritance that we'll have when, uh, when we see Jesus again um, and, and, the, and, the, and the guarantee of that inheritance is the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And the last couple of verses here, but I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrain from coming again to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. So you see that 
Paul is saying the reason he didn't come was to spare them and for their good. And we'll probably, um, we'll probably end up talking more about that next time because the beginning of chapter 2 uh, talks also about that, about why Paul didn't come. But I like this last part, this last verse. Not that we lord it over you, but we work with you for your joy. Um, you know, Jesus talked in his ministry, and I think Paul's referring back to this, about how he told his disciples, you know, the Gentiles, they lord it over people, and they, have, they exercise authority over each other and lord it over each other, but that's not how it's supposed to be among you. The person who wants to be a leader among you, who wants to be the greatest, should be a servant. And that's how we should be. That's how anyone, anyone who preaches the Bible or talks to you about the Bible, that, you know, we're here to be, to be servants. We're not here to try to make other people our servants. But we're here, like it says, it says to work together, to work together, to work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. And that was, uh, that was Paul's desire for them. Paul's desire for the Corinthians, for the church he was ministering to, and our desire for you is that you would grow, that you would know Jesus, and that you would grow in the grace of God, like we were talking about earlier, growing in faith, growing in love, and, um, and like it says here, enjoy. And that's why his, his ministry to them, that he was always for them, and for, for, because of what Christ did, did for them, and the promises that he fulfilled that we were looking at. So that's what I had to share, and we'll, uh, we'll close in prayer. Father God, thank you again that we could be here today. Thank you for, um, for bringing all, all these people here. And we pray, Lord, that you bless them, you provide for all their needs, provide food for them, and whatever else they need for them and their family. Thank you for us being able to share with them. And we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our lives, and through your word, and even as through what I, what I said today, and even as they go home, that they would be reading your word, and that you would be at work in their lives, drawing them close to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.